Hello. Welcome to the Pondering Theologian podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. For this episode, I want to address the notion of calling someone evil. What does that actually mean? What does that mean for a Christian? Does specifically identifying someone as evil in this day and age mean differently than it did in past times? And I want to challenge you to think through your own answers to this question. Can I love my enemies, and can I show Christ's love to all if I am calling someone evil? Lots of questions, not a lot of time, so let's get into it. The motivation for this episode came from the conflict in Ukraine with Russian forces invading the country, and with Vladimir Putin's unsettling and unjust actions. I was listening to NPR and a few other news sources. In one interview, a politician kept calling Putin evil, and several iterations of that. In several places, I've heard people call Putin evil, and lots of similarities drawn between himself and Adolf Hitler. It drew up inside my mind the question of what does, uh, what it does when we call someone evil. What does it uh, do in our minds, and does that conflict or conflict words with anyone or anything that the Bible says about how we are to live out a Christian or godly lifestyle? I would like to let you know as we continue that I would love to hear your opinion and reaction to this topic as I continue. Please feel free to email me or go over to the Instagram page and you can interact with me there. Uh, Back to the topic, my initial thoughts are that we can identify someone's actions as evil, but there is a catch, and we'll get into that in a moment. I think first we have to define what evil is. For the reason that all too often we use words and phrases that we do not always fully understand, or we have our own uh, personal definitions of those words. So we will use the good old dictionary. And I wanted to see what the ancient Greek words that were used for the similar uh, situations. Uh, Using the Oxford Dictionary, getting a little technical, as an adjective, evil means profound, immoral, and wicked. As a noun, evil means profound immorality and wickedness, especially when regarded as a supernatural force. Now, ancient Greek, the language used in the New or Second Testament of the Bible, is a much more dynamic language than English. For that reason, when looking at the issues of our world, but also for understanding the meanings behind Scripture, I like to look at the definitions of the words used. For the word evil, there are two words I can recall that are related to our English definitions. Poneros which would translate more to our definition uh, or use of the word bad, uh, but yet a little more dynamic. It breaks down to bad, the negative quality of an object, uh, wicked, crime, the negative moral quality of a person or action opposed to God and God's goodness. And the other word is kakos which would translate closer to our understanding of the word harm, as in the harm done to a person or persons. Uh, It breaks down to wicked, wrong, bad, 
a perversion of what pertains to goodness. Uh, as a noun, an evil thing can refer to any crime, harm, or moral wrong. What is interesting to me is that in these two Greek breakdowns, we see more being put under the umbrella of what constitutes as evil. I'm sure you could debate that our English Oxford definition is broad and encompassing, and it is, but when we break it down to the more dynamic inclusions, the word gives the meaning more substantial or observable pertinence to our view of the world. Now, can we attribute the actions of someone like Vladimir Putin as evil? I would say yes, we certainly can. The question, though, is Vladimir Putin an evil person? And that question is more complex, and I would caution anyone to make that judgment on anyone. Uh, let's shift a little to the concept of enemies. I think it's a safe assumption that if you consider someone as evil, you categorize them as an enemy. Certainly, if we look to the current geopolitical climate, Putin and Russia are considered to be the enemy of, and that's the American stance, and that has been anti-Russian for many decades. This concept of enemy, though, as Christians, is an interesting and more in-depth issue that I would venture most um, give little time or thought to. I'm going to use the Gospel of Luke as a scriptural base for my thesis and examination here. Uh, chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. Uh, actually, let's use verses 13 through 38. I'm not going to read the whole of this section. I would encourage you to pause and read before we continue, or at least check it out after you finish this episode. The long and the short of it here is this is the Sermon on the Plain. In Matthew, it would be the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, notably, Jesus comes down to be on an even plane with the disciples and those who followed him up the mountain. Next, we get into several actions that Jesus calls us to do. Um, in Matthew, you know, you're looking at like the Beatitudes. I'm going to read verses 27 through 29. For those that are curious, this is the ESV translation. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Then in verse 35, again, Jesus says, But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for they are kind to the ungrateful and evil. Now we see Jesus clearly state that we are to love our enemies multiple times. Bless those who curse us, pray for those who abuse us. This verse, love your enemies, is used all the time. But do we actually understand what it means or how to apply it to our daily interactions with the world and others? 
When we read this in the context of how we are to conduct, conduct ourselves as we go through this life, and we take on the adversity that we accept when we take on the mantle of a Christian, someone who is supposed to be Christ-like in our actions, this reads more deeply than a short Bible verse to spout off or put on a bumper sticker. Uh, the Greek word for enemy in this text, ekthros, uh, means hated, hostile, adversary. And in one instance, uh, it's translated or means one who has long been alienated and refuses to be reconciled. Sounds similar to the general feeling towards someone. Uh, Jesus in his ministry on this earth showed little favoritism, even to the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he gave some opportunity and showed love in the way he interacted with them and answered their sneaky, seething questions. Being that we are entering Lent, I would encourage you to read the story of Jesus up to Easter. If you pay attention, you can see what I mean. What is it that you are doing right now to meet those who are truly an enemy to you? It's a, a challenge for you to think about. Those you think refuse to be reconciled, those who oppose, attack, or abuse you. What are you doing to live out the commands and the words of Jesus in this text? As I mentioned, in this section of scripture, Jesus came down on a level plane to be with all those who followed and sought him. In Jesus' ministry, he did not expect to be hailed in a high court, but he ate with the sinners, the tax collectors, the normal people on the street, and even went about and spoke to the Jewish and Roman leaders at their level. If you really read Jesus' ministry, you will see that Jesus' uh, disciples were uncomfortable often. And when they got comfortable, Jesus put them in uncomfortable situations and asked disrupting questions. Jesus did uncomfortable things and went where others did not because God created everyone and everyone deserves to be loved and reached out to in the love that God gives everyone. Uh, read Genesis 1 especially verse 27. It states we're all created in the image of God. Not a single one of us across the world today or across the entirety of history look the same or come from the same place, but we are all created in the image of God. It's pretty hard to have enemies when you're busy loving everyone. You cannot hate someone you truly love. You cannot have an enemy you truly treat in the love that God gives you. No matter someone's political leanings or positions on various things in life, where they live or what they look like, you are called to love them all. Go wherever they are and show them the love that God shows you. So when it comes to this idea of someone being evil, not just their actions, uh, we can certainly call people out for acting evil and having the absence of goodness in those actions. Um, but someone themselves being without any goodness about them, I would caution us as Christians to think very carefully on if that is something we can truly judge. Moving over to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 20. That whole section we get the golden rule from, but it also talks about whatever judgment is given, we will be judged by. Serious question, do you think you are qualified to judge someone's humanity and the basis of their entire life lived? 
That would require you first to know that person inside and out, but also be uh, every instant of their their life from the minute they breathe to the minute they stop breathing. In this same section of Matthew, Jesus says, Do not give to dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This, in the context of the rest of this section, seems clearly to be referencing the gift of salvation and grace that God gives all. Would you throw away your grace because you decided to judge someone to the harshest extent? I would venture that One, if you're going so far as to judge the very soul of a person as evil, as someone totally wicked and devoid of any good, you view them as an enemy. This is a narrow path to hate, my friends. Can you view someone as evil, their actual essence and humanity as evil, and not hate them to some extent? I'll draw your attention to one more section of the Bible. First uh, John chapter 3. I would recommend reading the whole of the chapter, but we'll focus on verses 11 through 24 for uh, this, the purposes today. This section calls us to love one another. There's a lot of depth in this section, and it demands careful examination. Verse 15 is particularly interesting, though, to our conversation today. Everyone who hates their brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in them. Now, this is a powerful statement, and it requires a lot of biblical understanding. This cannot be a bumper sticker verse, because it misses a lot of details from the whole of the gospel message. In relation to what we're talking about today, though, consider what it says. And consider if you can judge someone as an evil person without hating them. Then consider if you are committing spiritual murder. I, of course, cannot tell you what it is that you are doing, but I would venture a guess that this slippery slope is one that many of us fall prey to at some point or another. I know I have in my life. The good news at the end of the day is the sum of the gospel message and the life and death of Jesus Christ affirms that God loves you. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about that. Now that we've gotten through all that, I'm going to call uh, this a good ending point for the day. Lots of things to ponder and I thought I hope that you will ponder these thoughts with me. Go read the scriptural references I used today. And if you have thoughts about all this, I would love to hear them. If you disagree with me, let me know why. Don't just tell me I'm wrong, please. You and I both deserve the respect of a conversation, or at least a thought about a thought-out response. You can email me at ponderingtheologian at gmail.com, and you, uh, you can interact with me on Instagram at ponderingtheologian. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. And I'll talk to you all soon.